Is this like a drawing, or have you met some unique individuals? Sure no, it's like it some... Uh, I don't think some, anyone's so unique that you can fuck their chest. Some Asian uh, A serious any. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they like this woman was wearing prosthetics, but it's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah you'd have to be wearing prosthetics. It's just... It's, they weird. looked like breasts, and... No, you don't... Yes, you can be born weird, but you don't get born with vaginas on your nipples. It's this is what this woman had. <laughs> a hole on your nipple, where there should not be a hole. That, that's like someone who's survived, like, unless your tit has survived a hippopotamus attack, you don't have a dick-sized hole in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no other way got, that could happen, obviously. Maybe you got bit by King Shark? Uh, keep working on him, buddy. You'll get there. Uh, uh, I'm uh, the character arc. That was the only one I was Great transition, Rick. Speaking See, of which. I had one because I've seen this movie already. And oh, so okay. I was going to say something along the lines You're of maybe maybe you would have a, a armpit vagina. Eh? Eh? Topical? Because the the starfish oh, and his okay. giant armpit vaginas? That's not just armpits, though. That's like all seen vaginas. Well, when you're a starfish, every crotch is also an armpit. Yeah. And a neck. Yeah, that's Okay. Right. Yeah. That's so, inaccurate. Yeah. Starfish are weird. Speaking of which, hi, I'm Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville. Uh, and I have uh, armpit neck crotch vaginas. I'm Rick Fox. I am an author here in Nashville. And are we really doing a sequel to Suicide Squad? Seriously? I'm Brian, I'm an illustrator here in Nashville, and I'm you, but better. <laughs> I'm Caleb, I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and I'm dying to save the world. And we're opinionated. Tonight we're watching Su The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad came out this year in 2021. It currently has a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was written and directed by James Gunn, and it stars Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, Nathan Fillion, and many, many others. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reef Prison join the super-secret, super-shady Task Force X isn't that where Wolverine was made? As they are dropped off at the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maldives. I think I think it was where. Uh, it's Weapon X. We, we, yeah, but yeah. Well, he's but, Weapon X. But what was the? But ta task force or operation? It's like the it's like Blackwater being your black ops like mercenary group. It's right. just like I mean, it's more creative than just using one letter of the alphabet to make the it hardcore. Letter. It's the, it's the like you nobody's use three letters. Make it triple X weapon triple X. We should watch those movies. Those are fun. Should we? Though? Like Vin, Vin, Diesel? Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Do we need more Vin Diesel in our lives? Oh. If it's triple X, we might, because I mean, those are great movies. It was back in the day when he didn't suck quite as bad. I need to go back and see if he sucked or if I... No, tri triple X, at least the first one. I, well, I don't remember like the second Pitch one. Black. How about that? I'll do Pitch Black. The first one was a lot of fun. It's but, like sci-fi that does, always sucks a little bit. Yeah, which, you know, the first one being a lot of fun is not something you can say about the about Suicide Squad, because the first one is one of the was worst movies just hot, the hottest garbage. At we, least of the superhero genre, it's pretty much... Bottom of the list. Yeah. Even outside of it, like it is, it is no joke. In some ways, the room level bad to me because of how poorly constructed every single mm -mm, piece of mm -mm. that movie is. The, the, the room has like is, a, I, ironic, that's like the difference. hilarity. You can enjoy the room. You can have a good time with how horrible it is. Suicide Squad is just a dreary, sad experience 
where you wonder what went wrong, not only in the lives of everyone who created that movie, but your own life that you would be led to the point of watching. Okay, okay. <laughs> from from what I've heard, and because I've read a little bit about it, yeah. a similar thing happened here that happened with Justice League, where the director you came the in. The original Suicide Squad, not this. The, the original Suicide Squad, where the director came in, they had a vision for what they wanted, they had like they had the script that they wanted, and then there was a absolute ton of studio meddling right, right? Sure. which is what happened with with justice yeah. league and then we got the snyder cut and there were still issues but it was generally a much better movie not right? only that but they also had a trailer company someone who creates trailers mm-hmm. like that's their entire editing process they edited the whole movie for suicide which squad is why, oh yeah. no which is why there's an insert song literally every minute for the first 10 minutes right yeah so so I'm not going to blame the people who worked hard to create the first one for it being as shitty as it is. I'm going to blame a lot of them because a lot of them did create the thing that we well, got. How many sure. reoccurred <laughs> in this movie in terms of like the production squad? I think it's a whole new and, – and that is part of what's interesting. So I, I've actually watched this movie already, the one we're about to see, the you new Suicide Squad. traitorous bastard. So is Brian. We're both traitorous yeah. bastards. I mean he's shirtless, so he gets a pass. Yeah. Uh, we – I've seen it <laughs> – shut up. I've seen it already and – it's definitely better. Yeah. Uh, have we decided? Is this a first impressions or are we no, just watching it? All right. Spoilers. We're going to spoil everything. Yeah. Um, it feels – there's still some issues, but I enjoyed this a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wasn't sure about going into it, and after watching it, I'm still like, well, I'm not sure. Is, is this a direct sequel or is this like a soft reboot sequel? Okay. Because it kind of feels like both. Because you get moments where there are recurring characters like Harley Viol- Quinn. like Harley Quinn or Viola Davis playing Amanda Waller, Amanda Waller right? Yeah. Uh, or Captain Flag, where it's like, okay, these were characters who had a big part in the first movie, mm-hmm. and they're still here. They're still played by all the same people. Okay, okay. But the tone of it is so different that it's it's and, like Aquaman versus Aquaman and Justice League. Like, and and they also like don't really other than the characters being there. They don't reference anything that happens in the first movie. There's that's, no like callbacks, which is her knowing I'm good with that. That sounds right, great. Right, <laughs> except with like the characters knowing each other. Sure. So, Black, what's right. his hero or villain name? I don't know if he has one. I think he's just a. a he's just he's, a, he's a soldier guy. Oh, okay. yeah. He's like flags. Exactly. Yeah. No powers to him. Vexillogical. Yeah. Flags and, and creepy witch monster women. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna talk about the first one. I'm definitely gonna talk. I about would the first if one I knew it. The the trailer for this movie. Made me excited to see it, Um, which is funny because you imagine that the first one being edited entirely by a trailer company would have at least had an exciting trailer. To be fair, the first one did have exciting trailers. Did it? Oh, yeah. People were super excited about it when they only saw the trailers. That's the trailer guy's jobs. But as soon as they got into Mm -hmm. the actual movie, literally everyone was like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Um, I'm I'm excited to see what you guys think just because there's – I want to see if we have the same opinions about the same things. Uh, have you guys seen the trailers? What do you know about this one? What's your thoughts going in? I have seen the trailers. I didn't really remember the trailers other than there's a shark man and John Cena as Captain Hammer or whatever. Okay. And that's about it. But I'm excited to see it because I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm, I'm pumped to have a good Suicide Squad experience. I, I was benefited by not having seen the first Suicide Squad since it came out. Fair. And so Fair. I was able to come at this pretty much forgetting the on, drama. Well, just on, <laughs> on, viewing it out on its own merits. I remembered I had a really bad experience the last time I watched a Suicide Squad movie, but I didn't have like the oh I'm directly comparing one to one. And so 
the glowing reviews that people are giving it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's good stuff about it. Yeah. But I'm curious to see, you know, whether you guys think the movie deserves those based <laughs> on what's there, or because if we are comparing it to the first one, absolutely. Right. But I don't think this is a 92. This is, if this I'm is sort of like okay, we've got you. A, it could be like a bland bowl of ice cream, but you had to eat a cow turd right before that. So like the bowl of ice cream is gonna be amazing. Right. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like a horrible metaphor. It is a horrible metaphor. <laughs> You're an author. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> You'd read my books. You'd know that I am. It's so like when you pizza. have to like have a couple drafts before it isn't absolutely terrible. Yes, exactly. Well, it's I mean, like Pizza Hut author. pizza. It's like Pizza Hut pizza. Pizza Hut pizza is not like a failing pizza, but it's also not a 92. Okay, that's fair. Why a 92? Because that's the Rotten Tomatoes score oh, okay. that, that this movie has. At least going in here for a big mouthful of little CCs. Exactly. Little, little CCs. Pizza little CCs and it's novel. CCs, whatever. There's, CCs. there's one pizza that CCs has that just like my fat ass is like <laughs> that. That is the only pizza worth going for, but that's a delicious pizza. It's a macaroni and cheese pizza. Ooh. And it's delicious. It's like delicious. Yeah, well, that's because that's about. it's just a big cookie. It's just know, a big brownie. Pizza. Not necessarily. They also have after. like the cinnamon roll pizza. Yeah, that's cinnamon true. rolls. Okay, like I'm saying, it's a novel. Podcast. <laughs> Kayla, not necessarily good. It's novel. We're gonna put review bra out of business. A, Kayla, what's your thoughts going into this movie? Have you seen the trailer? No. So you're going the last in completely. Trailer I saw was for Dune, and that was like four months ago. I am completely <laughs> out of the loop. Okay. And as such, I've seen a couple opinions or memes that seem like they were positive. Sure. And that's all I know about this. But with having seen the first one, I am pessimistic. I am so excited to do the shitty Dune movie before we do the new Dune movie. Because the shitty Dune movie is going to be such an experience. That's going to be some serious juxtaposition. Oh, yeah. It'll be amazing. Can we do drugs to see the first one? Because that seems I like that's the that. intent. Yes. It's <laughs> uh, so dry. <laughs> speaking of drugs, Rick, how much drug use is in your book? You know, Fate's probably... Pawn, available on Amazon in paperback or and paperback and e-reader. Escape for Destiny 4. That's uh, the, the other one. The only drugs you'll get in that one is the drug of reading. And Yay. Bad over. <laughs> Bad, Rick. Bad. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, our Patreon is live. It's patreon.com. Don't opinion. Go buy his book. <laughs> That's right. on Amazon.com. That's yeah, right. Well, the listeners are thinking right now. <laughs> uh, on our Patreon, you can get a lot of bonus content, including first impressions, listener requests, and even a few tabletop gaming episodes. Go check it out. Again, that's patreon.com slash opinionated. Guys, we'll be back in just a minute after we're finished watching The Suicide Squad. I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission went more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan Hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me next to a werewolf! Yo, let me out! He's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. Either we're going to actually record this podcast being utterly naked. At least in the winter, we can just kind of bundle up. Yeah, I can just wear a coat. Also, I can just put the heater underneath the table, and that's actually pretty good. We'll just start a fire in the corner. 
<laughs> Rick, you gotta get a fan in here. Get some good air circulation. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. The issue That'd is getting a fan that's quiet enough. Yeah. I mean, any large fan at a low setting is going to. Brian, reach back there and spin that multicolored fan, would you? <laughs> I could just get one of those like air. Is this things? foreshadowing for next week? Oh, it could be. Oh, that breeze. The breeze is so nice. What we get? What we get? Total Recall. Let's do. Let's fucking do Total Recall I next week. Honestly, that is an no. excellent like. Shitty '90s movie. Yeah. It was on TV way too much. Look, it was we, like Face Off and uh, not. What's the other like Schwarzenegger movie with uh, his wife has the weird strip tea scene? Commando. No, no, it's like the nuke uh, in the background. Yeah. Predator. Oh, oh, no. Shit. Kindergarten Cop. Ninth day. No, Ninth Day is a clone one. Oh fuck. Twins. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> Junior. Patreon you people. Said that one. Huh? You already said that one. No, I true lies. That. It's true lies. There it's you go. Man. That's it. Yeah. That should be on the wheel. I agree. We what? we can't we can't we start do. talking about the spin in the wheel we when we haven't talked about the movie we just watched. <laughs> this movie was actually just fucking great. What, I love every. What was the original premise? Like they landed on the island in the very beginning for what purpose again? The the purpose. So it, it's shot a little bit out of order, right? Mm-hmm. It starts off with. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna you know the Suicide Squad is landing on this island and then things go awry and then it oh and again reminder to our listeners we're not doing first impressions for this this is full of spoilers. I mean they heard that five seconds ago so they're good. Well, we <laughs> told them two hours ago because we went and watched the movie so I'm reminding us. We watched the preview and that was it. Yeah. Um, they went you know the Suicide Squad landed and things went awry yeah, and then it cuts back in time too. right. So eventually, we learn that their mission is they are landing on the island to try and remove all traces of Project Starfish because right. it's some like Hispanic island down in it's Cuba. It's yeah, it's Cuba. It's, it's just Cuba. Um, Let's be real here. They land on um, DC Cuba, Cuba right? <laughs> right. Uh, and. And there's been a regime change. The new regime hates the U.S., and so we've got to we've got to stop Project Starfish. We're not actually going for, you know, we're not overthrowing the new regime. We're just there to get rid of this mysterious project. Right, right. Instead of nuclear missiles, it's uh, starfish. Right. They're so, really good starfish. They are really good starfish. With uh, interesting armpits. Right, but but th- so that's the premise from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just we kind of forget it because there's a lot of a lot of steps on the way. Right, yeah. We we don't find out specifically that you know they're actually there to stop any knowledge of the U.S. government's participation in Protestant right, Star right. Wars, it's like, kind of weird that the premise is not political. It's just like there's a weird science fiction thing going on. You're supposed to destroy everything there and all of the politics of Cuba and America and versus communism has nothing to do with anything. I kind of There is that a little bit of the like there will be and we're, if they and stop and they meet that. well, and they meet up with the freedom fighters halfway through the movie, and they're like, "Yeah." And well, while yeah, we're it, taking care of Project Starfish, you can go and make it back to a democracy it again. Was weird it pivots in that direction, but it's kind of like, why don't you just set it up that way? Because we know it's going in that direction. It's been like a part of our history for the past fifty years. Right. I mean, because I don't want to watch a movie about that when I can watch a movie about a giant starfish. Agreed. Agreed. What's better, town. you start with uh, a giant starfish and you make it political, or it starts political and it goes starfish? If it never goes political, I am all about it. <laughs> I, for for my s- not an option. <laughs> it could have been. It I mean, wasn't. This, Why? This was as we watched the movie. 
Yes, I'm saying that yeah, they could have left that out. I guess this. Is, I guess this is my preference. Never let there be a good guy in the political movie. Because if you're rooting for either the communist side or the American side, then you're getting what I think of as political, and then that ruins the movie for me. Yeah, but I'm not talking about either the things you're talking about. I'm saying, do you start with the politics and pivot, or do you start without the politics and pivot okay. towards it? I feel like the only options are the ones you're presenting. I feel like it's a lot easier to pivot into Starfish than it is out of Starfish into politics. I feel like if you start with Starfish, you set a a silliness level that cannot then go into something as serious well, as... Well, and that's did. my point exactly, because they start with Starfish, and they pivot... Nah, no, 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 no. They set up Starfish, but they start political and then pivot to Starfish. Yeah. Because, they, yes, they say Operation Starfish, but that's it. And then we get a whole bunch of, like, the government of quote-unquote fake Cuba. Right. And we've got an hour and a half of that before Starfish is mentioned again. Right, for the we last get, 30 minutes. We get right. the Bay of Weasels at the beginning of this. Exactly. And so, and so, so they definitely start with the politics and move into the starfish. Rick, you had a lot of fun with this movie. I did. I really you were cackling multiple times throughout it. It was wonderful. I loved every minute of this movie. <laughs> there were, and that's interesting because I really enjoyed this, but there were parts of it that that still fell off to me. Okay. Um, Go on. One of them being some of the editing. Uh, it okay. seemed like it would just jump from like, oh, we're having a fun scene with King Shark, mm -hmm. and then it just hard cuts to something else. I actually really like the editing. It didn't, it, normally, I'm used to pretty much any movie I'm watching, like, here's where I would cut off fat, and there was very little fat for me to cut off in this. Like, there was either something enjoyable about the scene to me, or it served the plot. I'm not, I'm not I even think that this is probably... Not necessarily problematic, but is a challenge from an editing or just a direction standpoint, just because there are so many characters. There are. From at least the beginning. They start to knock them out pretty quickly, but first and foremost, there's like, what, 12 different people to keep track of? So to be fair, like, they start off with about eight people on Harley and Flag's mm -hmm. yeah. team, and then immediately most of them die. Right, but and then I, they pivot to the second team that has like another six people or so. Yeah, no, yeah let's see. see. We got we got King Shark, we got Flag, we got Harley, we have uh, Bloodsport, Bloodsport, Ratcatcher two, Ratcatcher two, Polka Dot Man, Polka Dot Man. So six. But um, after they kill Black a whole bunch was, of people, Flag and Harley were a part of both teams. Right, but I mean, like just the the ones that we actually follow and like care about from. Oh, and Peacemaker. So seven. Yeah. Right. My, and I'm not talking about them going from like scene to scene with the editing, like. I think the the screen time they give to each character is fine. I'm talking specifically like the start and end of scenes mm -hmm. feels very abrupt. Like there's a scene where like they start talking about Ratcatcher 2's past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's they're they're riding in the bus and all the, it, it feels like they did trim some fat for the movie, but what they trimmed was some like setup for some things, right? Where like cuz they're just riding along in the bus and then all of a sudden she's like why do you hate rats? And I really love, and I, and you hate rats, but I loved my father, and here's the backstory. And then, ah, deep heartwarming backstory. Well, I'll save you in the end. Don't worry, I'll save you. And then it just ends. Well, and it just ends. Yeah, it just he feels has to abrupt. He one-up her sag backstory with his more sag backstory because there wasn't a love involved in his. And I, then they bond. I, I, I get, again, I'm not talking about, like, the, 
the content of the scenes. I think the content is fine. It feels just very abrupt the way some of them begin and end. It might strike me that way on a rewatch, because this is your second time seeing it. Yeah. Um, but on this watch, I kind of appreciate that because I don't need a lot of it taking itself seriously and trying to set stuff up. Just, you know, get in, get your punch in, give me what I, what I want from the scene and get out. Like, And I appreciate that from this specific type of movie where it is a very silly ensemble uh, movie that has to do a lot of legwork in every scene to sure. make everything matter. And so because they're not doing a lot of, of setup time for anything or a lot of uh, denouement when they're trying to get out of a scene, I really, like, I think it makes the whole movie feel a lot punchier in, in what it's doing. It Who does... directed the first one? Uh, oh, fuck. David Ayer, I think. Yeah. Different person. Yeah, yes. different person. Uh, the... It's not surprising since the first one sucked balls. <laughs> right. The, the other part of the... Uh, the just doesn't feel quite right is that Harley feels pretty inconsistent where there's there are parts of the movie where she feels almost like too like manic pixie dream girl kind of thing where <laughs> she's where she's almost too stupid because and and then and then there's also the scene where like she, I think it's beautiful visuals but just out of the blue, all of a sudden, there's flowers and cartoon birds exploding out of nowhere, and then it just ends, and there's no reference to it ever again. And it's not. And I, I saw some interviews with with James Gunn, and he was like, "Yeah, we want to like give a view into the mind of Harley and that kind of thing." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine," but it definitely like comes out of nowhere and leaves out of nowhere. I mean, I think I would have a bigger problem with it if we also didn't have a bit a character whose thing is that he is consistently seeing his mother as every other character. Yeah. Movie. But I, I, but I, I feel like that is much much better set up. But I connect those two, and so I just roll with it in Harley scene because Harley is crazy. For my money, this is easily, no contest, the best Harley has ever been on screen. 100%. Like, it's not well, even that's close. That's not saying much. No, it's well, not. Well, she's got two other they, movies. They, na- they really nailed it with this one. Like, Suicide Squad, like, I think that Margot Robbie is up there with, like, uh, J.K. Simmons as one of the most ideal people put into the shoes of a character in a live-action movie. As far as being well-cast. Exactly. She was meant to be Harley Quinn. We can all agree on that. And she she has never had a movie that served that well. Like, she's done her best, I think, in every time that she has played the movie, but I don't think either this or Birds of Prey did anything Uh nearly as good as this to really fit the character. And I think part of that is that both of those movies tried to be a little more serious at points, and this one never really goes there. This one just lets her be what I think the ideal version of Harley Quinn as a character is, which is insane, silly, super violent, and kind of not really all there in any sense of the word. Yeah, she is kind of dumb at points, but that fits with the type of character that she's been portrayed as in in you know most comics and, and the Batman animated TV show. She but can. Typically yeah. she shows up as uh, someone who are Margot Robbie, who mm-hmm. I'm referring to, is a an actress who when she shows up there's an emphasis on her sex appeal. Sure. Whereas uh, Harley Quinn is an interesting character because that component is present, but her insanity is so pronounced that it overshadows whatever sexual component, which is perhaps largely at least in the not comic. in the first one. In the first one, they were. I'm like, not talking about that. I'm talking about her character movie, in general. Like, I'm talking about in the comics, in the cartoons, etc., etc. Et like there's the that she has an outfit which is revealing as far as like children's cartoons go, but it, it's there. But it's very much obvious that this woman is insane, violent. But at least it's in a, in a manner which, like we saw in. Uh, 
of the uh, Batman ninja film. Like, mm. it's there, but the, the, the most pronounced theme is that this woman is a nutcase. She's not trying to seduce everyone like Poison Ivy. Yeah, it's that she might have, like, really short shorts on, but she is a nutball. Yeah. It, I think that is true a lot of the time, although I think a lot of the time that is because she has been in a quote-unquote committed, which may be a pun there, uh, relationship with uh, the Joker. And so that is not quite the same dynamic as a character that is able to have sort of the romance that's randomly in this movie with her and the, um, at the time, president of this Cuba nation. Yeah. And I think that there are definitely times... Discount David David Tennant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, he's ha- as handsome as David Tennant. He's let's just, be fair. He's not, better looking than David Tennant. better looking than David Tennant. David yeah. Tennant's just got more charisma than this guy. Yeah. But um, I think that it depends a lot on where the character is in her history. Like, early on, I totally agree. I think that in, in like, the animated series that she's not there for sex appeal, although I think a lot of people took her that way. Sure. Oh, yeah. um, a lot but, of people that made Rule 34... This or that. For sure. Of her. Well, and, and, and it's like, also like Daphne from Scooby-Doo wasn't there for sex appeal, but also she was the hot one of the group. I mean, Zelma was there for the sex appeal. Yeah. I know, right? No, but like Harley Quinn, although in some iterations of Harley Quinn, like, because you've got some artists that yeah, are it like, on yeah, it depends writer. on the writer and it depends on the mm-hmm. artist. Harley There's, Quinn wants to fuck in my comic. <laughs> I think that for me, what it is, is that... In really, Brian? <laughs> looking at the other two movies that she's been in, Suicide Squad played way too hard into the trying to make her super hot and, and sexualized. I think that uh, Birds of Prey leaned way too far out of that and leaned out of what I think the character represents into something that is much more just like kind of weird and gross for the sake of being weird and gross. I completely it, forgot about that movie. I mean, Birds of Prey? It's, it's yeah. pretty forgettable. What was it even about? Uh, Harley. Harley and a, a bunch of other girls beat up. Like Harley and the hashtag girl gang. They, oh. beat, up a, they beat up the patriarchy. Um, okay. That's pretty much it. But uh, they, in this movie, I think they felt they landed on a good middle ground. Because I don't feel like she is overly sexualized, but they aren't like trying to make her gross either. In, mm. you know, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about any of that. She just feels very like... It almost feels like she's too much just along for the ride as opposed to, like... Because in the first one, like, there were tons of issues with it, but she at least was, like, violent, right? Mm, not really. In the first one? I mean, you she might say like, she's she a bit of a side character. Guys, not really anyone else. She's way more violent in this movie than she is in Suicide Squad. What? Yeah, what did she do that's violent in the original? What did she do that's violent in this one? She killed a bunch of guys. She murdered an entire room full of people brutally with a spear. She shot dozens of people in the head. Okay, I forgot about that because it was filled with flowers and cartoon (laughs) Tweety Birds. Now, was there any scenes like that in... I never saw Suicide Squad 1, and I... Feel like there could have been something there like that. No one saw the first. There, there, there were, there was a like. Oh, I know there here's the cocaine scene, but I can't she, remember. If no, she had the, there was a like. Here's a fun choreographed to a like rock pop song, and she's gonna go around and bash people like in time with the music Not scene. People, though, like the they, they the monsters or whatever. They were yeah. off-brand putties from the Power Rangers. What? Was that Jared Leto was in that as the Joker, what wasn't he? That as the Joker? Oh gosh, Wait, that was. How do you? Was that Power Rangers? I thought that was Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Putty, putties or, were uh, uh, Power Rangers. Yeah. I Ninja only Turtles. know that because of the board game for the Power Rangers. <laughs> you should game. watch the Power Rangers. I didn't. I, I, we couldn't watch TV as kids. I know. We, go back and fix it. We've <laughs> talked a lot about Harley, but I do want to say that like, in Let's, a movie where Harley is really the only character that I went into this movie like knowing anything about, like having heard of before in any meaningful way, 
every single you character. Heard of King Shark. I have not heard. Of I had King not Shark. heard of King Shark before I this once. movie. I, mean, I definitely had. Like, I had heard of Polka Dot Man because he was I on have. that list of like, here's the shittiest right. like characters in DC, and it was like Kite Man, I was Polka like, Dot Man. I was thinking he was. Whenever I think of Polka Dot Man, I think of uh, the guy from Marvel who can punch through his spine. It comes out the mm, other spine. That's pretty cool. Spider-Man. Yeah. Janemba. No, <laughs> yeah, Janemba. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all agree that King Shark is the best part of this. Entire King Shark is like, But but that being said. I enjoyed all of the characters on the squad. Every single one. And and it it seemed <laughs> like they're like polka dot man, despite how lame he is. No, I liked polka dot man. I thought he was great. The idea of polka dot man is the dumbest shit ever, especially when it's like the original version where he's not like melting people with his. No, the the, the original powers. version is he's like an inventor and he pulls off his like sticker polka dots mm-hmm. and then he like throws them down and they're, they're like capsule core capsules and they turn it and he's like this one's a flying saucer hee hee and this one's just a grenade. Uh, that is that is pretty cool. You think uh, like that's that. where Superman got his cellophane chest? Yeah, um, he bought it off his yeah. Polka Dot Man. But yeah, like every single one of these characters is great. I love Polka Dot Man. I was genuinely very sad to see him get mashed to well, shit. Let's go through the list because I do want to talk about each of these individually. Like Polka Dot Man was great. Yep. I loved. It was weird, but I loved how he, like, his whole backstory is his mom was crazy and submitted him to all sorts of scientific tests and it messed him up in the head. Uh-huh. So now whenever he sees bad guys, he just imagines his mom. Anyone. Not just that. Like, that that's too, what he yeah. says at the beginning, and I love it, but it, not that's all he sees everywhere he goes. It's right. just his mom all they the time. Went into that pretty Before hard. they say that. He says, like, the only way he can murder people is that he visualizes them as, as his mommy and kills them. So he just and wants to be here says, everyone. like, She's everywhere. So, like, he doesn't visualize people. He's just going to kill. It's just what he sees. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so weird and creepy. And, like, they even make jokes about it. They're like, all right, Norman Bates, let's go. <laughs> but he's so, like, charming is not maybe the right word. I'm probably going to use it too much for all these characters. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he's a dickhead. He's no, not, like, he a crazy like monster. The, he wants to be a good guy. He's just so damaged he can't be. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, he, like, his... Like, when he's got the, like, giant pustules of polka dots, like, ready yeah. to burst from his body, and he has yeah. to go, I guess, vomit them yeah. out. Yep. That's yep. what yes. it looks like. You would be able to see on your TV if it wasn't black as my whole soul. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if that's what he, like, I just, I that's feel so bad right. for this guy. And it's it's just so sad. Then but, we've got Ratcatcher 2. And I love that they entered it, like, they asked, well, what happened to Ratcatcher 1? That was her dad. She's Ratcatcher 2. That's she's, so weird to me that that's what she would choose as her name. Like, she's not Ratcatcher Girl. Or like, no, but she superior she, rat catcher. She's just rat catcher too. But she, but but then when she talks about her dad later, she talks about her backstory, and it's clear like there is no competition. She just had an awesome, loving relationship with her dad, yeah. and then his heroin addiction overtook him, and like she really misses him, and she does this in his honor kind of I, thing. I really like that at least one of them is like genuinely pretty wholesome, like as wholesome as this movie could get. But her, really her and Polka Dot Man both have their flaws. They're both in prison for a reason. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, they're both uh, for the Suicide Squad. They're yeah. pretty no, like they're decent just, folk. Yeah, right? I mean, apparently fucking uh, what was his name? Uh, De- Bloodsport, Deadshot. Bloodsport's daughter was <laughs> would have ended up in that prison too, and she wouldn't have had superpowers. So I guess. Anyone can be in that prison for anything. Okay, quick question. Is Bloodsport actually a a villain? Okay. Because I really thought that they had just essentially rebranded Deadshot from the previous movie. Because Deadshot's a a villain I've actually heard of. They're just making the... They're making it aware of the joke that the fact that 
they've remade this character a hundred times right before. just another assassin that has cool guns that's fighting i Batman. can shoot and hit anything with a weapon that's my <laughs> well and and even if you look up Bloodsport, it's one of those it's one of those characters where it's like it's kind of like Green Lantern, except even worse, where it's like, yeah, there's been like 30 different Green Lanterns. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah Bloodsport is the name for like 30 different dudes that can all shoot things good. Core. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason there's like right. 30 Green That Lanterns. one makes sense. This one is just like, yeah, we just got a bunch of guys in it. There, there's no passing of the mantle. It's, it's just... Guys, sure. It's all the different goblins in, in Spider-Man's universe. Hot right. Goblin, yeah. Green Goblin, Green but Goblin But when two. they get new names, they take on like... Like, when Spider-Man becomes the new Spider-Man, they're like, oh, look, it's Spider-Man 2. Right. And I hate, like, what? why is Ratcatcher Ratcatcher 2? Because <laughs> she's doing it in honor of her dad. Her dad was Ratcatcher. So is every other Spider-Man after Spider-Man, but Hasn't he's not Spider-Man 2. Yeah, but none of the Spider-Men have good relationships with their father, and their uncles are all dead. Which is exactly why she should inherit the mantle of her father and become the subsequent Rat Catcher One. I yeah. want to see that. I want to see that uh, comic title. The subsequent Rat Catcher Number One. Is <laughs> the number one. Rat right. Um, there is uh, Peacemaker. We're okay. saving King Shark for last. There's okay. Peacemaker, and John I love Cena. John Cena in this movie. He I've seen him in other stuff, and I don't recently. Like we watched uh, the new Fast and Furious with him, and he did so much better in this movie. Yes, I mean he's I actually becoming a decent actor. Him. They they knew how to write him and. He, I think he's similar to The Rock, where dramatic oh, dramatic yeah. roles are not their strong suit. Right. They're a decent actor when they can deliver some punchlines and when it's a role where they can ham it up. Yeah. Because they come. Really. Yeah. Because they're becoming actor. They now, come. Now they come from wrestling. They have to ham it up. They're not going to be in a wrong comedy type thing. No. Hogan did make it. You. We're gonna watch Santa with muscles, and you'll see. I really like Peacemaker in this movie. As as just. I don't know if foil would be the right word. Foil's the exact But right as word. a foil to Bloodsport. That is exact. Yeah. That's his literal, like, exact definition of what he is. He exists to do that. And it's perfect. It works so perfect. And he's still not, per- like, pure battery. Like, he has good characteristics so, in him, too. Yeah, that's the, that's the best thing, is that he really does mirror Bloodsport in such an excellent way. Because right. they have such differing ideals, but they have the exact same skill set. motivations are complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I really enjoy the fact that they just made him be asshole Captain America, but he's only an asshole because he's doing the bad things that are kind of quote unquote necessary he, when he you're doing He absolutely believes it, and it's like hurting him on the inside. Yeah. Because, because it's kind of like what we want Batman to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like kill well, people. there's been a Batman, that, some Batman that do that. <laughs> but I like the because Idris Elba playing Bloodsport, he's like basically been forced into this. He doesn't really care, but then at the end, like. He, his morals are in the right place, right? right. And Peacemaker is all for this. He's like, yes, doing what I can to save America. But then by the end, you can see, like, I mean, and obviously, you know, when he says it, that like right. his logic is flawed in the ways that he's getting there. Because he said, he, he says, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get peace, I'll do it. Uh huh. Yeah. And he he says it with his chest, man. Like he is yeah. he is confident in that statement. And he, well, because he, he needs to be. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll. Oh, yeah, exactly, and I, I appreciate that, especially like when he actually does have to fight Flag and try to kill him. Like you can yeah. tell, he genuinely really did not want to do that and didn't think that it was quote unquote the right thing. It was just the thing he had to do because of the situation. Yeah, and, and when that, he was going to kill the girl, he, you saw his lip quivering. Like there's, 
He's, he's thinking about this. it. Yeah, he's yeah. going to remember it and hate himself for it, but he believes he has to do it. And it, that I, really works extremely well for the character. I also like the scene with him and Bloodsport where they're going through the camp, like, one up yeah. each other, getting kills as they're, like, making their way through the rebel camp. Yeah. Right? And I like it because I feel like it'd be easy to. I think in the first Suicide Squad, if you had two characters like this, by the end of that scene, Will Smith would be like, yeah, he's clearly the better shot or oh, whatever, yeah. right? I don't know. And, and I like that in this movie, they stay, like, it's clear that they have very different styles and how they're going about stuff. I like that it sets them apart that way, but it shows that they're pretty much on par. I never saw where John Cena was pulling his weapons from. Like, they they show Go-Go Gadget's special suit of expanding things, but... I right. never see John Cena's weapons until he's using them. Meanwhile, his like gun is a foot and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> his gun's a foot and a half long. He carries an axe and a machete, but somewhere, just up his ass, I guess. Like you uh, never know. Who was the guy in the first group who was in Guardians of the Galaxy with the long silver hair and the red? He was. Oh, the he guy was, was playing young the dude. savant. Yeah. Um, um, that guy has like the Michael Rooker. I think he's a. Uh, he he stuff really well. Th- there, like yeah, th- there's a lot of really good at martial arts and shooting guys. Yeah. I mean, that is sort of the Suicide Squad's level. They're all basically like street level thugs, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you have King Shark. So right. like, I and 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 let's talk about King Shark. We do we need to talk about Bloodsport first? Well, sure. I think I think Idris Elba works and. I, I like Colonel Flag or Captain Flag or whatever his name is. I think he's fine. Um, Idris Elba has got like a, chariz- a charisma to him. Absolutely, yes. I mean, um, it's Idris Elba. Like that's that's his whole thing. I think that what they did really well with this trio though is kind of make them a genuine trio in terms of like you really feel the impact of them like walking on screen together. Mm-hmm. They they really feel like they are working together well as characters. And like I got to compare Flag to Flag in the previous Suicide Squad. He's so much better. I give a shit when he dies. Like, yeah. they, they gave him an actual character. And it's not a lot, let's be fair. Flag is probably the most boring of these dudes. But they still did enough to make him interesting and compelling when he does die. But mm-hmm. with Bloodsport, what I really appreciate about appreciate about him is that they, they did an anti-hero correct with him. He doesn't feel like he's a broody, annoying asshole who's like, Oh, I'm so dark. I'm, I'm, I'm so conflicted about my past. He's just a guy who is... Not got a lot of uh, strong morals in, when it comes to killing people, and is trying to do the thing that he thinks will make him sleep at night. I think, like, yeah, yeah. That that I appreciate that because that contrasts so strongly with Peacemaker and how Peacemaker really a hundred percent believes in what he's doing, but he's doing things that are going to make him have trouble sleeping at night. Well, yeah. and I also really, when it's done well, I really like the reluctant leader into like really strong leader. Yeah, arc. yeah. yeah. And, and they've got that here, where, like, he starts off and he's just like, all right, you go suck a bag of dicks, you go suck a bag of dicks, <laughs> right. follow me and shut the hell up, mm-hmm. right? And by the end of it, he's like, you know, they're doing a good, especially in the end when they're fighting Starro, he's like, all right, Harley, get up on the roof. King Shark, no, enjoy no. eating, right? <laughs> and he, and I like that he's meeting each person at their level, mm-hmm. right? I, do I think it works his, well. His Captain America Hulk smash. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like that. It's, exactly. it's a very good riff on that that whole idea. I like how it doesn't even seem like uh, Man Man Shark uh, <laughs> King Shark thinks about like it's like uh, okay this is what I'm doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, King Shark. Okay, we need to talk about King Shark. 
he is the best thing in this movie by a long shot. I love this whole movie. <laughs> I adore King Shark. Yeah. I have not been this invested in whether or not a character would live in a long time, especially not a side character in a ensemble movie. Because towards the end, they do a bunch of fake out deaths with King Shark, and mm. I was heartbroken yeah. every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they t- had me by the heart when uh, he was being sucked on by the weird. Yeah. Those are the only things we see they the actually octopus. Hurt you. What are they called? The, they Jumbo, they look Jumbo like Jumbo they octopus. look like Dumbo octopuses, but with like rows and rows of of sharp alien Land teeth right. Right. Yeah. that are rather exaggerated for their size. And yeah. when they are like digging into his flesh, mm-hmm. and he's pulling them out, and there's blood everywhere. It's just a bit exaggerated mm-hmm. for yeah. being honest. I'm just kind of like, no, <laughs> far more than when Flag winds up kicking the bucket in the middle of the movie, or anyone else for that matter. Like he's the one I'm most emotionally invested in, mm-hmm. ironically. He's so sweet. He's a yeah. dumb, stupid monster yeah. that just wants friends and to eat. That's all he wants, <laughs> and isn't that true it really for all is. of us? Yeah. I, wish we <laughs> I thought they killed him off because he was too expensive to CG. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe. I, I, When they said that Weasel killed a bunch of kill- children, I'm not on Weasel's team anymore. Yeah, but he's, an, he's just like Shark. He was just he, just, he probably just happened to find babies. He didn't go after just babies. Weasel doesn't like have funny cute lines about going om nom nom We didn't get a chance friends. to get to know him. Weasel's eyes look in the opposite directions and he's constantly hocking up a hairball that I never mean, comes to the top. Meanwhile, King Shark, if he happened to be hungry and came upon an orphan what do you think he would do? <laughs> He'd eat it, but it would look cute while he did it. I think what and would happen what is counts. they would start that scene off with him like running in and it would look like he's about to eat them and it would cut away for a few minutes so that you have that tension going. And then it would cut back and he would just be playing with he'd all be, the He'd be like <laughs> sitting down on the ground as they all drew on him in crayon or something. Exactly. Yeah. Eating their lunches. <laughs> yeah, he's eating graham crackers out of their hand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I, Shark, and I love how... He's clearly the toughest of the squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the building, like this giant brick tower <laughs> lands on him and he's just like, ow. And he keeps, he just walks, he just shrugs it off. He falls from the top of it and lands and the army of Cuba surrounds him and just fills him with lead. But, it, you know, it all just bounces off his skin and then he gets up angry and hungry. Man, when he is just chewing on that glass guy's head for, like, two scenes afterwards, like it's a giant gobstopper, I love it. It's yeah. so, so funny. He's so dumb, though, and that's what really makes yeah. it work. Like, there's not, like, this is the I am Groot of this movie. Like, that really is how he feels to me in terms of uh-huh. Groot being the heart of that team right. and, and King Sharp being the heart of this team. I only wish... That uh, the only way that this this character could be better is he needed a moment of his own specifically where he did something really important. Yeah. The way that Groot saves the team in Guardians of the Galaxy, the the first one. Yeah. Right, that, that might have been easier to accomplish if they had a slightly smaller cast that did not demand the spotlight be elsewhere. Well, and it doesn't even have to be like self-sacrificial. Like in right. in Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot sacrifices himself so that they can live, and right. then later in the post credits, they you know snag a little stick of his to regrow him, right? Right. I don't need King Shark to sacrifice himself, right. but I do. I do wish that there had been a scene where, like, they're in some serious trouble. Like, I- imagine if Idris Elba and Peacemaker, and I don't have an issue with how their final fight resolved. It was a little anticlimactic, but it's fine. They set it up earlier, and and whatever, right? Imagine if they had just like 
been shooting at each other. And they both are like, yes, I hit perfect bullseyes. So all of their bullets are just like exploding in midair and nothing is reaching each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. How stupid that would be. Well, but they could make that a really funny scene where they're both like exasperated, like who's going to run out of bullets? Why is <laughs> right. still going? They, they could. And then Peacemaker's like, well, screw you. I'm still going to kill Ratcatcher, right? And that's when King Shark steps in to save friend. And <laughs> <laughs> just eats him. Yeah. Right. That would be, that could, that could work. Really but you can't have that and then also bring... Peacemaker back at the end of the movie. Right, so. that's true. Yeah, King Shark didn't really get to do anything meaningful to the final boss. No, which is sad. I would like to see that. Is sad, but at the same time, like unless he was also swimming in the eye as like I'm Shark, I'm good at swimming. Like he could have. Like I mean, it depends on definition of meaning. The way you do that, like have there be a whole bunch of those like starfish things in its eye, and then he just swims in and just starts eating them to keep them off of Harley. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I, or. I wish that he had gone up to the high ground and done the same thing she did, but mm-hmm. before her. And he's just running and he jumps and it's just like a trampoline just like bounces <laughs> off of the eye. Yeah. Or alternatively, instead of the – like they throughout the film are investing in this spear. Yeah. The javelin's javelin. Yeah. That's based off of a, a character, one of the people that goes in with him that dies on the beach at the very beginning. Yeah. And he's just a dude with a javelin. Right. And he's he's gone and she somehow gains purpose from this javelin and she's carrying it with her throughout every single scene throughout the movie. And it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. And I think what they could have done alternatively is at the end when they're facing the final boss, the the mega starfish, instead of the whole javelin thing, they could have had uh, King Shark jump and just like taking a bite out of the eyeball, and then that gives Harley the opening she needs to get in there and yeah. do her thing. That that could work. Yeah, I could, I'd be down with that. Let's talk about star. So Starro is the last thirty minutes, right? Project Starfish is the last thirty minutes of the movie, yeah. but. The previous hour and a half is fun, mm-hmm. but it's also just like it's okay, a bit meandering. Yeah, it's it's how are they going to get into the city to fight the starfish? Right. Right? This is the reason why I asked when we started off, kind of like, what was the original premise of this movie? Because <laughs> right. it winds up going in so many different directions that I completely lose track of why they're even there in the first place. For sure. So, what do you guys think of Starro, both as like the final antagonist for the crew, and also like the way that the fights shake out? I I, it feels like low-hanging fruit, honestly. You just kind of like <laughs> revert to the whole like, oh, this is throw a kaiju in there, and they'll fight it, and they'll kill it, and then it's over. I really like it as an idea, like Suicide Squad versus something that like just vastly outclasses. I feel them. like it's that a great happens idea. to Suicide Squad a lot. In the that's what, I think that's sort of the yeah. whole the whole idea is the the whole premise is sending them against something that is suicidal to go. Yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate that aspect of it, but I do feel like Starro went down a little bit like a chump. Yeah. Um, I really wish that it had been more of a collaborative effort than it ended up being, because it kind of felt like Ratcatcher just did all the heavy lifting in that final. Fight. At the very end, yeah. Um, and 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 for its credit, like I will say, this is they didn't just like make it make up Starro for this, or like oh he's a one time like. Starro is a recurring DC like mega villain yeah. that that goes all the way back to like the sixties. Right. Huh. Yeah, like I I'm I was aware like I called Starro as soon as they said the the starfish thing. And they did um, a, they did do a good job of planting seeds that they were moving towards Starro throughout the mm-hmm. movie. Right. Even if you didn't know who the heck it was. I really like the way that uh um the Doctor Who that yeah, um what's fuck, what's that doctor's name? 
Peter Capaldi. Yes. I really like the way that Peter Capaldi uh, builds up Starro through like the little glimpses that we get about him through yeah. through the story. Because there's mm-hmm. several times where he'll say a little something or give you a little hint about things. And I really appreciate all of those because it really does an effective job of letting you figure out how screwed they are before the big reveal of the big tentacle. Because you can you can guess that Starro is going to be giant before yeah. you see Scar- Starro actually be right. as big as it is. Mm. And it looks kind of you know creepy and gross just to begin with. Like you get why it would be a threat even if it didn't turn into a giant kaiju monster. But when it finally does and when it like erupts out of there. It's so much fun to watch it, like, stomp around and smash the city. Like, I think it's because we get it mostly from a really low perspective that is unusual for kaiju movies. Like, usually kaiju movies, like, you get up, you know... I level two Godzilla. Exactly. And so with this, they do a good job of really impressing how big Starro is on it. I just wish that it felt like it was more focused on fighting the squad, because I feel like if it was, it would feel more like a fight and less like, oh... They hit the the right buttons in the right series of you know order, and which kill wouldn't be too hard to do. It makes sense that he's not story wise because story wise it's like oh, you know the thinker Peter Capaldi has been torturing me. I've been stuck in this damn city for thirty years. Like I've just built up all this resentment. I'm gonna go unleash all of it. I don't really care about you, the people who freed me. Right? He's he like he's not really his grudge is not gonna be with them. Right. And honestly, like. You can't really blame him for wanting to rampage. Like oh, he's yeah. been, he's been tortured, and especially at the end, like as he's dying, his words were like, "You know, I was content to just float up in space <laughs> before you, <laughs> before you y'all you before y'all kidnapped me and brought me here to Earth." Right? Yeah. I have to wonder if like each of those starfish are themselves a whole starro. So like, if one of them survived, can it like go? I don't know. I don't think starro life. My my only issue, my only, and this is like not an actual issue. It's just one of those like, what about this plot hole? Like push glasses back up on those. Actually, um, actually, like insert cinema sins ding. Yeah. Um, is that you know he's like I was content to just sit up in space and float, and it's like well you know in the movie we see that you're captured by the astronauts on their sp- on the spaceship, but then you take over. The astronauts. Yeah. So, like, you flew yourself here to Earth. I'm assuming yeah. there were other astronauts not in that chamber with them, and they flew back with what was in the hole. Or like they astronaut just, like, It's not like he could just take a spaceship that's meant to go in, into orbit or something and take it out into the middle of the stars. Like, I mean, he was well, no, he was. He can just float in space. All he has to do is just no, leave the just, ship. Like, get out of the ship. Yeah, yeah he's he fine. Himself, as it were. Yeah. Just yeah. open the doors and leave. <laughs> maybe they were already in re-entry and he couldn't get out again. Uh, m- maybe, yeah. but that—that's my only like ding. Like, yeah. what about this thing? My ding was that. Poker Die Man could have one shot him. Yeah. If he'd aimed right. Yeah. There's no reason. Like, <laughs> like there's no reason he couldn't. Yeah. It, All Bloodsport had to do was like, hey, polka dot guy, look, it's your mom. Also aim for her big fat tummy. Don't wing her. <laughs> right, right. I wish the giant mom looked more like a starfish. Because I, big shark mom looked like big shark and mom. Yeah, but I also just kind of appreciate the, the image of a giant fat woman just destroying a giant building for no reason. Imagine, imagine if it was his mom's face in the middle, and then just yeah. five of his mom's arms around her head. <laughs> yeah. Like, just the weird, That's fucked up image that... Or is it like <gasps> a giant mom head in the middle with, like... Other moms coming out of the head oh, in all these different directions. Lots of small moms coming out from the armpits. Right. <laughs> it's like the full body, but there's just no arms. Right. 
the legs are sewed together or something. Like that. Yeah. You had a vagina scene and you had five mouth scenes. The five mouth scenes were on the front. The vagina scene was along all the armpits. Yeah, all the armpits were the little starfish vaginas. The mouths were like on the face of the yeah, arms, yeah. right? What do you guys think of, of the way that they had Harley basically be in her own movie for a good solid 45 minutes of this? Because like there's, there's definitely two significant chunks of the movie that you could just cut up and they would be like Harley Quinn short films. I don't mind the romance part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind her having a like a fun and all where she like escapes and kicks a bunch of ass. Mm-hmm. I just think that with the torture and with that, it just takes up a lot of screen time. And I think Harley is at her strongest when she's got the other characters around her to play straight man. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. she when she's on screen. I'm more entertained by her as a character when she's around the other characters and sometimes exasperating them and sometimes exasperating them by just like standing up and not giving a fuck and going <laughs> to like kick some ass anyway. Right. right yeah. Um, so it's not that I think that her solo bits are like terrible mm-hmm. and I do like the scene, like the romance bits with right. sexy it's, David Tennant. It's such a fun little like moment of her just that, that to me is quintessential Harley Quinn of like, it's funny, it's kind of cute, and then it immediately takes an incredibly it's a, it's kind dark of turn. Morose. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about you guys? Did you enjoy all of her? Like, did you. What, what do you think? Did you enjoy all of her solo bits? I think that I enjoyed those bits, but the fact that she's not really a main character in the story, she's more like a heavily supporting role for Idris Elba makes the fact they focus on her for such a prolonged periods of the film a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah, would yeah. you spend so much time developing a side character? Is it really just because she's a reincurring character? Fan favorite. Yeah, fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, and that makes the pacing kind of like, is she important or is she not? Right. Like, this is obviously not about her based off of everything that happens outside of those uh, vignettes. Yeah. Also, as a, when we're watching the Fast and Furious movies, your biggest complaint every time we watch is that the heroes always feel invincible. Right. Yeah. And I like that for the most part, uh, Peacemaker, Bloodsport, Colonel Flag, they none of them feel invincible. They all get yeah. their asses kicked regularly. They're all showing significant signs of damage. Mm-hmm. Harley feels a little bit of that invincibility to me because even though she's getting tased and like, oh, she got punched and she's got like a bloody lip and everything, like – she kind of just shrugs it off and it doesn't really matter. I disagree with that. And the reason I disagree with that is that, okay, I, I partially agree. And this is where I partially agree. Every other character, I feel like they could die at any minute. That's yeah. why I was so scared for King Shark yeah. every time they fake out death to him. Because um, it's King Shark. I've never heard of King Shark before this movie again. Like, and then Polka Dot Man, he, he's definitely going to die, right? Like, that's the yeah. way I'm feeling the entire movie. Harley Quinn, I'm like, there's no way they're killing Harley Quinn. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, she's um, a reoccurring character. She's too valuable. Right. Regardless, fan like, it, a fan exactly. favorite also, she is the most mm-hmm. recognizable character. Therefore, you can't possibly do her in. Right. That's it. not with the Joker on the uh, screen at the same time. <laughs> right. That said, her actions have consequences. And that's all I really need. Um, when she is in a unwinnable situation with the guards at the or with the soldiers at the beginning, she loses. She yeah. gets captured and gets taken to a place she doesn't want to go. When she has this whirlwind romance with this like crazy, you know, Cuban dictator man, she kills him at the end, and there's consequences to that. She yeah. gets attacked and tortured and has to deal with like escaping and all that. And so because there are consequences to the decisions that she makes, even though she escapes those consequences pretty easily, 
it's enough to keep me invested in the story because it's not just, uh, you know what, screw it, we're just going to do no, no consequences at all for anything that happens like there would be in a Fast and Furious side character. I guess it just feels different. Because I'm not saying like, oh, I, I need the Harley Quinn to get the shit beat out. Like, no, I don't need that. I mean, but, does, <laughs> but, but yes, what, I get what you're saying. But, we don't see her lose a fight because when she gets captured, she, she, she's laid down and they surround her and she's like, all right, you captured me. And later on she kills sexy David Tennant and they come in and she's like, all right, you captured me. Right. And it's either that or the scene starts and she's already trapped. She's already hung up by handcuffs or she's already at the bottom of a pit. And so there's nothing she can do. We see him get the shit kicked out of him by a building. Yeah, a like, building's not an enemy. It's a level. And like Harley's right there with him. Like it's not like she's not in that scene. Yeah, but she yeah, but she jumps to safety she without any through. issue. She never like her her grappling hook doesn't break. She succeeds everywhere he fails. Yeah. Yes. To me, I'm not it it it, it just feels like it feels like she's got too much of the invincibility. I feel like that's consistent to Harley Quinn though. Like of someone who's just like has no business doing what she does. She is established as that kind of character she, she almost has just, luck powers yeah exactly that's exactly what it feels like like she's designed to like have a meteor hit her and her being the one hole of the meteor that doesn't explode for some reason <laughs> right i'm i'm okay with it is is what it is at the end of the day they like, didn't gross me out with it right like it the difference to me is so in uh the most recent fast and furious movie which is the only one i remember because it's the closest one to me right now um they have that scene where uh, the character that's always there just to be the butt of the joke gets shot at a billion times and believes himself invincible. Sure. That never comes back in any way. It doesn't really matter. He has one goofy conversation, but it doesn't influence him throughout the movie. The way that she goes from scene to scene, it always has a cohesive through line to it. She gets captured. She ends up in falling in love with this guy. She decides to kill him because she makes a character choice that way. That ends up with her getting tortured. She, es- she escapes, but... Is it still beeping? Go back to she ends up getting tortured. She ends up getting tortured, but she escapes, which endears the way that she escapes. It doesn't just she escapes and there's no nothing going on with that. Because she comes out and finds them about to rescue her, she gains she like she becomes loyal to the crew, which is not something that you wouldn't automatically assume with Harley. So there's a lot of really good character interaction that's going on, which is why it's different to me from. That's fine. All I'm saying is that the action scenes with her feel less weighty. They don't feel like they have actual stakes, as opposed to when 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 Peacemaker and Flag are fighting. That has stakes to it, and it feels weighty because I know one of these guys is not going to come out of this okay, yeah. right? And none of Harley's scenes am I worried for. When she has to climb up to the roof mm-hmm. and Starro's hand comes down and crashes it behind her, I'm like, yeah, okay, I know she's going to get out just fine, right. and I know she's going to jump off and stab him. She's got the javelin. What else is it going to be used yeah. for, right? And so it, it makes it where I'm less invested in her scenes, and because I think – she does a pretty decent job in this movie. I wish that I was able to be more invested in her scenes. And I think that one of the reasons that they could have done things differently to change that would have been with the weird she's escaping flower scene. Because the way that they have the the way that they portray that with the flowers behind her and all, it almost makes a, a mockery of the fact like, yeah, she's escaping, but look, it's so unimportant the danger that she is in that we could go into this weird hallucination dream where the flowers are going everywhere. If they hadn't done that, 
And instead, maybe she had taken a few hits in that fight, whether it been she took like a couple hits on the chin or she got some cuts that just like have her drawing blood, but right. she still winds up winning in the end. That might have given her character a little more gravity. I can see that. I think a part of it is also there is kind of a lack of antagonists that can meaningfully stop our crew in, yeah. the, in this movie. And that doesn't matter a lot because a lot of this movie is not necessarily about them, whether or not they'll succeed. It's more about just you enjoying this time with the character. Sure. Um, and whether or not they'll succeed at the larger mission rather than any, mm -hmm. any individual yeah. piece of it. Uh, but the fact that they don't have time to include some antagonists who could meaningfully challenge our crew really doesn't help that exact thing. Because if there was a another character that was someone that you were expecting to have a fight with Harley Quinn, you could maybe build those stakes around that. It's hard to have any character in an action movie have stakes when they're going up against mooks, though. It's a, if, if it's one of the old DC movies, it's Starro, but it's got boobs and a ponytail. <laughs> That's the one Harley Quinn's going to fight. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm right. <laughs> Girl Starro. <laughs> I was, you know, as, as you were talking about it, Caleb, her scene with the flowers and everything, mm. it made me think, did you guys ever watch the old uh, TF2 shorts? Yep. It makes me think of the Meet the Pyro. The Pyro, where right. he's seeing everything is... Where he's just got his yeah, own yeah. view yeah. of... Yeah. Like, this yeah. is just the way the Pyro sees the world, yeah. right? Right, right. And if they'd done more of that with Harley, where, like... Kind of like the way with Polka Dot Man, right? Where every once in a while we go into the way he's seeing things and he just sees his mom everywhere, right? right? If we'd gone into that with Harley a little more, where it was like, oh, every once in a while we go into her vision and it's just like... Yeah, she's just got this really like self-deluded like everything is like candy and flowers, and, and it's kind of funny. A, a giant candy cane into someone's mouth when actually she's <laughs> yeah. with a spear. Enjoy <laughs> it, Santa, or whatever, right? Like, because it, it gives me that meet the pyro feel. I know that they use that those same like flowers and background estates for like the character posters for the movie. Like everyone had their own standalone. Like we yeah. had like a bunch of like little dog toys and stuff behind them in mm -hmm. that same estate. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. That scene is trailer feed. I guess. I guess. Yeah, but who cares? The, the, well, that's Probably fans. You guys, you guys didn't see the trailer, so I did. Or if I did, I don't remember anything about I it. I did. I, I saw uh, I, posters, and I saw that Starro was a poster. I wish that I hadn't seen the trailer because, well, a. You're right. We do get the flower scene, and with the posters, it I feel like it gave the impression that there was going to be more of that kind of slapsticky, yeah. or not not yeah. slapsticky, but like almost slapstick movie making, kind of like the way that you know, oh, uh, what's his name gets his head blown up in the water, and th right. the blood seeping into the water spells the words Warner Brothers Pictures right. Presents, yeah. right? Yeah. Stuff like that. Whereas it's goofy filmmaking, not just like goofy character stuff. Right, right. The other issue I have with the trailer is that. It it gave away Starro, mm. which well, I, that was a well known fact. Like it was a well known fact, but the statues that are showing up in random ass places just to advertise this movie. But not just Starro. It gave away his like scale, right. where it shows him burnt. Like it it does the scene where he bursts up out of the building and starts terrorizing yeah, the city. That's, yeah, that's and it's like ah, like. Let us like maybe they could have put in the scene where like it's the black and white footage of him, him getting caught by the spaceship, right? Yeah. I'm assuming Something like they're that. just trying to build up as much hype after the. Last I, I guess, and that's fine. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Um, Rick, start us off with your final thoughts. I know you really enjoyed this. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this. I had an absolute blast watching this. Um, I I'm really kind of sad that I didn't see it in the theater because I feel like I would have had a really good time with that. Uh, and I, I hope this movie gets um, the support it deserves because 
I know it's not going to make the, the money that it deserves to with, with the situation right now. Um, but my least favorite part of this movie is probably that the deaths are not very staggered. I would really like it better if our Suicide Squad, if their deaths within the squad itself happen more peppered throughout the movie instead of really clustered hard at the beginning and then a couple at the end. Yeah. It, it feels like that would be a better way to kind of keep the tension going at all times of like anyone could die at any moment. Um, but other than that, I really don't have any significant issues with the movie. Uh, my favorite part is King Shark. King Shark, just every scene <laughs> yeah. he was in, uh-huh. I was just yeah. gleeful about him. Uh, so um, my final rating for this movie... Am I gonna give it? Mm. Go on. I'm trying to think. What are you giving it? Yeah, I can't think of anything really wrong enough to to take away a point. Uh, I'm giving this movie five out of five apple bitten heads (laughs) out of uh, out of five. That's unexpected. Jeez. It was super good. And again, I'm always looking at movies in terms of what Uh what are they trying to do. This movie did an ensemble cast extremely well. I loved every single character in it. I had a really good time with it. The comedy was all on point for me. There's really nothing wrong with this movie. And, like, I'm happy with that. For the story that this is, it's not It's not a Logan. It's not a super serious, like, dark superhero tale, which I appreciate. It, it did what it did. Okay. And it did it well. So, five out of five. All if right. If rewatch, I would think differently. But on this one, that's, that's where I'm feeling. Fair enough. Brian? Also, also, I can't believe you gave it a five. That's ridiculous. But go ahead, Brian. <laughs> I didn't see the first one, so I don't. I can't really. I also have that taste in my mouth, so it's it's yeah. it, that's what I'm directly comparing it to. So again, maybe this is the the ice cream and the cow shit. <laughs> I've just seen scenes from it, and I've seen Birds of Prey, and Birds of Prey was. Would you say it's better than Suicide Squad? Than this one or the first one? The first one. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's better than the first it's one. It's not good, but it's much better than that. Movie. For sure. What well, if you had to guess what your ratings for those two were? What were they? Suicide, Suicide Squad was a zero. I probably gave it like a one because I enjoyed some of the fights. I think Birds of Prey was like a two. Okay, then if that was that much worse than Birds of Prey, which I I don't necessarily go by the same scale Rick does, so I'm I don't know if sure. it would be the same. But right. Yeah. This is a really good movie. I don't know how they could do so bad and then just be like, oh, hey, we can do a good movie if we just think about it at all. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, even if all that stuff that they said went down, what the first movie went down, I feel like you would have seen the glimpses of the good movie in there. Okay. Right? Yeah, you probably would have, but I don't think that it was a good movie to begin with. Like, I think yeah. that it, I think part of it is that it got messed up by producers and, and redoing it, but I think the big part of the reason for that is they saw what they had and went, oh, this is a okay. yeah. shit. Okay. we got to do something, and they failed to bring it around. So, everything withstanding, this was a really good movie, and I want to see more of this come out of DC. Like, this and Shazam yeah. are their only really good movies. What, do you remember what I gave uh, Justice League? Snyder Cut or the... Oh, yeah. It was like I a think... three and a half. Well, you know, like a three and a half or a four, something like that. I think I'll give this... Uh... Well, my least favorite part of this one is po- one polka dot man not shooting thing in the eye, but that's not <laughs> Sure. Right. Uh, but mainly the soundtrack wasn't a banger. It was okay, but I just wanted some fucking bangers in this movie. Right. Okay. That's fair. So, How about uh, favorite? If not King Shark... Pretty much any animal character in this movie looked like, if I didn't see them, I want to see them more. You liked Weasel more than you should. (laughs) I I think people would 
like Weasel. To I don't know fair. why okay. you don't okay. like Weasel, but I think Weasel. He's gross as hell. The well, moment I saw And he's not endearing like Kane Shark is. We didn't get a chance to know if he was endearing or not. <laughs> the moment he's I saw Weasel. you like a pug. I knew that Brian was going to stand Weasel. Yeah. I fucking hate pugs. They're ugly as shit. I don't like pugs. And we should not have bred them into existence. Josh, you also agree. love bulldogs, which are basically They're large the same pugs. Thing. Yeah, but they're they're, they're dumber Except for with a worse lifespan. They're dumber and they fart more. I still don't. I still don't think we should have bred them into existence. hundred percent. Their existence is pain. If bulldogs could speak, it'd be that scene from like Aliens Four, where kill she's me. like, "Kill me." <laughs> Except it's a bulldog, so it'd be like, "Kill me." With a British accent. Yeah, exactly. They, they sound like Mr. Yeah. Or, uh, or a Georgian accent. <laughs> Cockney, a cockney. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, Oikov, kill me. <laughs> exactly, that's what it would be. Uh, four and a half out of five. Uh, uh, polka dots. Uh, high praise so far. Caleb, will you keep the trend alive? Oh, hell no. Yeah, I, I'm utterly <laughs> baffled by all uh-huh, this high praise. Uh-huh. It's not that I really hated it. It's just that I don't understand why this would be considered a pinnacle of excellence. Because we're Well, it's a pinnacle of excellence in the DC universe, cinematic universe. It's a pinnacle of excellence in that it is a extremely entertaining uh, ensemble film that juggles its crew extremely well and is consistently funny throughout the entire movie. Yeah, Rip. but I could say that something was entertaining in an ensemble kind of sense with the Fast and Furious kind of movie, but I would never do that because the dog <laughs> shit. I, I agree. Comparing this movie to Fast and Furious, I think, is an excellent way to show why this is so such a good movie and deserves extremely high praise when those movies are mostly dog shit. Because they don't handle their ensemble cast They're well not at treating all. us like stupid assholes with this movie. Whereas what? with Fast and the Furious, they're treating their the people who like it like stupid assholes. How much of how much of a bonus like how many bonus points would you have given Fast Nine if King Shark was one of the characters? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have liked King Shark in that movie if he'd been there. And I'll Wait. tell you how I know that. John Cena was in that movie and I didn't give a fuck about him, but Fair. his peacekeeper is awesome. What if Dom's brother was actually a shark? A king shark. (laughs) If they went that level of absurd with it, I might actually be into it. Did you guys ever see the uh, the toys or like the bullshit cartoon when we were children? Street sharks. Yeah, street sharks. Street sharks is so good. Basically, king shark is straight out of street sharks, and I feel like (laughs) he would definitely belong in a Fast and Furious movie. Uh, Speaking of uh, uh, king shark. A little trivia. Did you know that initially, uh, all of the animation tests and everything they were doing for it, he was a hammerhead shark. Oh, okay. Because uh, I guess there's several like comic iterations of King Shark where he's a hammerhead. Right. Uh, um, but they decided that it didn't work because it was too hard to get emotion out of him when you could only see one eye at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You can. It's really hard to see two of a shark's eyes at any one time anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're, they can design kind of bird shaped head. A normal shark's head, you can kind of move it around yeah. a little more. Yeah. The, the hammerhead, they gotta be on the outside of it. So I will say that I enjoyed this movie, but it was in a Fast and Furious kind of sense where it's all spectacle and there's not a whole lot of substance sure. behind it. It's not that there was none, it's just that it was not significant, I would say. Uh-huh. That's fair. Favorite and least favorite? My least favorite part is that, like, there the, the CGI in this film was done really well, and yes. the, the fact that they managed to feather it in in such a way that there was like they would have blood that turned into a uh, introduction to a story component because it turns into text. Right. That was 
that drew my attention, but I feel like it was well executed and the rest of it wasn't nearly as much. Like all the title, the chapter title things, like Go Save Harley, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the characters just didn't draw me in that much, quite frankly. Like, I really enjoyed King Shark, but the fact I enjoyed him so much almost highlights the fact that the other characters weren't nearly as interesting as this big doofus. That's fair. With that being said, my favorite part, I'm really tempted to say King Shark. <laughs> it's a really low-hanging fruit with that being said. <laughs> that's okay. But if that's what you enjoyed the most, yeah, then roll with it, it, you know? I, I would say that this movie is a lot of fun. It's just kind of basic bitch in terms of action movies. I, I think it's a fun spectacle, but I think it could have been better. And I will say that when it comes to Harley Quinn, she does come off as too much of a side character. And it feels like they came really close to executing it in such a way that she wasn't. Thus, because they have Idris Elba as feeling like the main character, yeah. and uh, Harley Quinn feels more like the side character, and I think if they had just worked on that a little bit more, it would have felt like we had two main characters instead. Sure. That's fair. With all that being said, I think I'll give this a three and a half. Uh, <laughs> three and a half pustules out of five. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all fair right. enough. Uh, this is my second time seeing it. I saw it a couple days ago, and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it even more on rewatch, honestly. Um, my least favorite part is, as I said, uh, you know, it didn't really bother you guys at all, but there's quite a few scenes where it just feels like a, either a very abrupt beginning to the scene sure. or or even uh, like an abrupt beginning to the conversation where characters will just start talking about something out of the blue in a way that doesn't feel normal for movies. Right, it doesn't right? natural. Yeah, uh, and so I know it didn't really bother you guys, but I wanted to see if it still bothered me on this rewatch, and it did. I noticed it last time and this, so that's still going to be my least favorite. My favorite part is King Shark. He's just, <laughs> he's fun to watch. It's it's fun to watch him be goofy and silly and, oh, is he going to eat his teammate? Oh, oh, no, they caught him just in time. Okay. <laughs> And it's also fun to watch him fight and just tear a man in half. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I forgot that happened. That was so good. It's it's fun to watch him regardless of what scene he's in. So King Shark is my favorite as well. Uh, I tend to agree a little more with Caleb. Uh, this movie's fun. There's there's fun action. There's fun comedy in it. But it is, it is pretty basic. There's not like a humongous amount of depth to this movie. It reminds me a lot of Hobbs and Shaw with more characters on screen. Yeah. If I was just rating this compared to other DC movies, I might rate it higher. Uh, but just in general, with how much I enjoyed the movie, uh, I think it gets a solid uh, three and a half, maybe a four, but... Uh, three points there's a five. lot of well-executed superhero movies out there. There is. But not in DC. What yeah, but I don't DC? care about the DC exclusion. There's not good. There's not a lot of good superhero ensemble movies. I don't think there's like the first Guardians of the That's Galaxy. That's what like every Avengers movie is. And half like okay, Avengers. Half of the Avengers movies are not good. In game, not that good. I'd say all Avengers of them are two, better than not this that movie. good. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Not, not the one against Ultron. Voltron. Not the one against Ultron. Voltron. Is not that. No. I think it was better. Than <laughs> I said Voltron. Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Avengers versus Voltron. <laughs> uh, this, this movie is fine. Uh, I think on a day where I wasn't sweating my ass off in Rick's garage, I give it a four. But for right now, <laughs> I'll give it three and a half out of five uh, starfish vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a butthole. 
Starfish Sorry. No, no, no. The starfish buttholes at the back. That's what they use to latch onto people's faces. Nah, right. In that case, it's bicycle spokes. That's right. Um, if you want to see more starfish buttholes, uh, you can listen to the four of us talk on more of our podcasts on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we're on social media at OpinionCast on Twitter and OpinionatedPodcast on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to us at our email address, opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you guys, whether it's your thoughts on our episodes or suggestions for what we should watch in the future. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Between that and you sharing us with your friends, it's the best way we have of getting out to new listeners. We always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we're Opinionated. Thanks for listening. gentle suck the whole time you you're gonna have a bad load I mean, regardless like of coming load. like i i hear <laughs> no this, i see these posts on reddit like a like a forward slash green text and it's like oh be a coomer <laughs> oh I, I, I don't know what it means that's just someone who's really into coming like i mean does that mean being a person Urban Dictionary. What is coming? No, no, no. The difference between coming I mean, and coming. Who's not into coming? <laughs> well, no, it's like priests. But you're too into coming. No, no uh, priests are into coming, dude. Coming in specific circumstances is what it means to be a priest. Coomer, being so mentally deranged and exhausted from years of masturbating to porn that you have turned into an absolute psych sociopath plagued by anxiety and loneliness. Your only pleasure in life is ejaculating to porn several times a day, slang for what a normal man does when they have, when they have to orgasm to come. Wait. So it's like huh? an insult. As opposed to me, who's just coming wildly all the time. Slang for what a normal man does when they have an orgasm is to come. So it's an but incel who's what dependent the porn on porn. Is, is, uh, apparently. Is to coom. coom. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, what the fuck do incels do then? I mean, if you're someone who's like incredibly they, repressed about like not I think, having I think sex with a woman, no, I'm pretty sure you jerk off all the time. The I think they've is, just I think they've just run their dicks ragged. Honestly. Yeah, they don't lose Which doesn't I mean, isn't that being a coomer? I think the incel is mad about it. The coomer is just living his best coomer life. Yeah. Okay, so they're cousins. Yeah. I well, guess. Yeah. I think incels have a set... Hey, Brian, I've got your mic turned yeah, way up. Yeah, in the mic, bro. But that's... Oh, I didn't know you were going. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah no. You... No, we're going to have to starve him out. That's I mean, if you get some Arby's, that'll get it. He, no. He, <laughs> he better not land on our He'll naked die of bodies. Uh, what were we talking about? Cooming. Coming. Oh, yeah, incels have, like, a very strict set of rules where it sounds like coomers are, like... Like raiders in the desert, like anything goes. They <laughs> yeah, they're the bikers like, of the incels. Yeah. Like incels are specifically angry about women for not having sex, or sometimes men with for not having sex with them, not having sex with someone. Yeah, coomers, I think, are just all about that porn life. Yeah.
They're the ones that buy the uh, the barrel of lube. Yes, exactly. On the Amazon. <laughs> I think Coomers. Nineteen ninety nine. Coomers buy the body pillows and they're like, "This is a good decision." <laughs> exactly. Not the no, like. Somewhere to put on my coom. Yeah. Not not the like. I'm resentful against women because this body pillow is the only snatch I'm ever gonna get. <laughs> right. Or whatever. They're excited about putting their flashlight into their pillow. My Little Pony Rainbow Dash <laughs> asshole. They probably or have like. A, a, a body pillow, a waifu, that's a pillow that specifically allows you to insert a, a flashlight into it. <laughs> multiple places. With the ultimate like, consummation. For the mouth and the, the nipples and the feet. You know, wherever I mean, you want to come. Point, it's, it's, nipples, wherever feels, you want to come. That feels like an odd... I've seen dick nipples, so there's got to be vagina nipple. All right, yeah, someone's probably wanted a fucking nipple. That's fair. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen vagina nipples. It's it's bad. What? <laughs> I mean, it's what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> nipples? Um...